Wonderful. So good to see you today. We're really delighted that you're here on this special international Sunday. And I love that we're a church made up of many nations, many backgrounds, many cultures, many ages. And we don't want to, you know, there's a horrible word in society about tolerance. I, I think that's a really poor word. I think we need to celebrate each other's differences and celebrate the diversity that God has blessed us with because I feel richer for the story of other people in my life and I'm so grateful for the diversity here in the church. Why don't you just look around and just see the different ages, different backgrounds, maybe put your thumb up to people, give them a wave and say, I'm glad that you're here today. I'm glad you're a part of this. Wonderful. Well, for these next few minutes, I want to share with you about how great is our God in the nations. There's a fantastic um, diversity in our lives that if you've traveled at all, you will have experienced in some measure whenever you go somewhere else, there's always experiences you have. I, I have lots of interesting experiences I've had when I've traveled, um, one of the ones that stand out to me is when I went to Ghana, um, the first time I went to Ghana, and some of the foods that I tasted, man, what, what's that, a fufu? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like a different sort of experience on your palate completely. It's just fascinating. But there was one experience that I had when I was leaving Ghana. Because the guy that was um, responsible to be our host to look after us when we were there, he was a bit of a personality in Ghana. He is a weather forecaster on the TV. And, and I had never seen Ghana, Ghana TV, so I don't know how well known he was. But he thought that everybody knew him. So, and I still don't know to this day whether that's true or not. But he said, when we go to the airport for you to check in and get on your flight, don't worry with the security, just follow me. Really? People know you that much? Wow. This is, this is not years ago. This is, you know, post 9-11, so all the security stringent um, requirements are in place. But um, he said, just stick close to me. And so we get to the airport, and I've got my bags out of the car, and he is almost running through the airport. And I'm thinking, this looks really suspicious. But he's told me to keep close to him. So I'm dragging my bag behind me, running after this guy. And I think, I hope he knows what he's doing. I hope he knows what he's doing. I don't fancy a night in Ghana in prison tonight. And he, and he seemed to get quicker, not slower. And we were going past all the regular places of check-in. He was pushing his way past the crowds, and we were just carrying on going. And I looked behind me, and there were security guys now chasing us. And I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I acknowledge to them? And he's gone so far ahead now that I can't even check and say, hey, are you sure this is the right thing? So I carry on following him and run even faster. I've got two security guys chasing me through the airport in Accra. And eventually I think, you know, I, I think I probably need to speak to the security guys. And I said, is, I'm with that. Where's he gone? And he was gone in the distance. And there I was, I had to blag my way out of this, trying to break through all the security cordons in Accra. Well, I'm glad to say that I was not held, and I was allowed to come back home to England 
And um, that was an experience I will remember for many years to come. But whenever you travel somewhere else, you often taste some different experience, don't you? Nita and I just these last few days had a few days in North Cornwall. And they do weird things with the cream and the jam there. Like, what is going on? It's just like, this is taking culture shock way too far. But I love that the church is not just a convenient gathering of different people, but it's an intentional plan. And I love that when we look towards the end of the story that the Bible reveals, we see that it's God's plan all the time. Because look at this with me in Revelation 7 verse 9. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from, say this after me, every nation. And say this, from all tribes and peoples and languages. And there they were, this vast number, beyond the ability to count, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in glorious white robes with palm branches of praise in their hands. He is coming. And I want you to know that that end time story of eternity is going to be the gathering of great celebration and diversity of people from across the world. He's got the whole world in his hands. And I'm just going to just spend the next few moments to just show you that despite what the secular media and the press tell us, that the gospel is spreading like wildfire across the face of the earth today. And I'm just going to show you just some basic findings of some research that's recently happened across the world. Let's just look at some of these headlines. First one, both Africa and Latin America have more Christians than Europe. That hasn't always been the case. In fact, go back just over 120 years ago, and there were twice as many Christians living in Europe as there were in the rest of the world. But today, the gospel is spreading like wildfire. It is breathing through the continents of Africa. It's breathing through South America. It's breathing through China. Some of the fastest growing church is in Iran, where there's not allowed to be church. God is at work in the nations. And in China, they can try and regulate it, and they can try and clamp down on it. But the gospel keeps spreading. Why? Because God has a plan. And because God loves people of every nation, tribe, and tongue, and one day will be gathered around the throne of grace. But the gospel is advancing like wildfire. Secondly, evangelical Christianity is at home in the global south. The number of evangelicals, those people who believe that the word of God is, the, um, is the, the rule that we live our life by, that everything in God's word is breathed by him and we believe it. Evangelical Christians, that, that, that in the world we've increased from 112 million in 1970 
to 386 million in 2020. The gospel is spreading like wildfire. Thirdly, Christianity is growing at five times the rate of atheism. That's not something you'll hear on BBC News because they tell us, as many Western media outlets do, is that we're outgrown the need for God any longer. <laughs> That's Greek. For those online that didn't hear that, I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> Do you know, there are fewer atheists around the world now, 147 million, than there were in 1970, where there were 165 million. Atheism as, um, is declining, but Christianity, on the other hand, is expanding, it's growing, and it continues to grow globally. For by 2050... They say that charismatic Christians, that's people who are filled with the Spirit, believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Charismatic Christians will outnumber the number of non-religious people in the world. The total number of non-religious people around the world currently sits at about 878 million. But in the next 30 years, they reckon this branch of Christianity will top one billion people across the world. Five, by 2050, almost 1.3 billion Christians will live in Africa. As Christianity continues to grow worldwide, there is a significant driver of what the Lord is doing on that continent. It will be the first continent to have a home of more than one billion Christians. The gospel is spreading like wildfire. Six, the percentage of the world that remains unevangelized continues to fall. Now, while there are more people today who need to hear the gospel than there were 100 years ago, that's because of population growth. But it's a smaller percentage now than it was then because the gospel is spreading like wildfire. Number seven, over 100 million Bibles will be printed per year by the year 2025. That's not, of course, including the ones that are on our bookshelves, the ones that are currently in print and in circulation. These are new Bibles being printed every year. 100 million. And that doesn't include all the digital forms. You saw that Version recently had over a billion downloads. Over the last few years since it's been set up, the gospel is spreading like wildfire. Jesus is on the throne. The world is in his hands. And he has a plan. And his plan is that every nation, tribe, and tongue will gather around the throne of grace with our palm branches of praise and say together, praise the Lord. God is at work. And there are some words that Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 14. Let's look at them. He said, and this gospel, gospel means good news. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole 
world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. See, there is an end to this world. There is an end to this time frame. There is an eternity to lay hold of. And there is an eternity that we have a decision in this life to make a decision about. Will we spend eternity away from God? Jesus spoke three times more about an eternal destination that he doesn't want you to go to. Hell was a place that was created for Satan and his demons. And Satan and his demons are doing their utmost to blind the eyes of people to take as many people to their destination. And in this life there's a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. And Jesus came that the whole world would gain heaven. That the whole world would know the good news of the gospel. That the whole world, that their eyes would be opened. That no matter what their language, no matter what their culture, no matter what their background, that they would experience the good news of the gospel. That they would repent of their sin, turn away from their blindness, and they would look to their Savior, the King of glory, and give their lives to Jesus. That's his plan. And his plan is that the Holy Spirit today is not sitting outside church buildings waiting for the worship to gain a certain temperature or credence or he's not waiting for his favorite songs in order so he can come and bless the people of God a little bit. The Holy Spirit is scanning the face of the earth right now. He is working in shanty towns. He is working in derelict communities. He is working in the greatest poverty. He is working in palaces. He is working in hotels. He is working in industries. He is working in sports environments. He is working all over because the Spirit of God, His heartbeat, it's not my will that any will perish. It's not my will that any should perish. And we can use some language. The Bible talks about a, a narrow way, a narrow path. And we can think, well, this narrow path is a place that only a few will find it. And we could take on a siege mentality in church that says, do you know, there's not a lot of other people who are going to understand Christianity, so we'll just stick in our bubble, and thank God there's quite a few hundred of us, and we'll enjoy our times together, and we'll just celebrate the goodness of God, but, you know, the rest of society are not interested. I want you to know that that sort of thinking is stinking thinking, and it goes against the very heartbeat of God that is His will that none will perish. And so the Spirit of the Lord is going, is transcending cultures. He's breaking international borders. He's sneaking into communist states. He's resident in solitary confinement prison cells. The Holy Spirit is at work. He's a missionary taking the good news across cultural barriers and boundaries. Of course, we know throughout history the great stories of many missionaries that have gone into uncharted territory. I don't know when the last time you went into uncharted territory. Nita and I recently re-watched one of the Lord of the Rings films and there's that moment where as if Frodo said, if I take one more step, I'll go further than I've ever been. And throughout history, there have been people of God 
who have got the missionary heart of God that has caused them to go one more step than they've ever been in order to take the good news of the gospel to every nation, tribe, and tongue. He's a missionary God. He's a missionary. He's not sitting on his hands right now, hoping that somehow people will stumble across the good news. He is active and he's at work. And he's active and at work in his people, his church. See, we might celebrate some people who have the title missionary, but I want to give you a new title today. I want to give you the title of missionary. Because one of the definitions of missionary is one who is to witness across cultures. And we've seen, we understand that we've got a variety of cultures in this room. You don't have to get on a boat or a plane to cross cultures. In fact, the global migrant changes that are taking place across the world are enormous. It's never happened in history in the way that it is right now. We have the world on our doorstep. We don't have to, and there's nothing wrong with getting on a plane or a boat in order to go to another country and God calls you somewhere, but you don't have to travel that far to cross culture today. And I love, that's what a missionary is. Someone who will witness across the cultures. And I wonder if I called you a missionary. I wonder where that would sit among the other titles that you have. Say, so what other titles do I have? I don't have letters after my name. I'm not talking about letters after your name. I'm talking about those identifications that you and I take on. For example, parent, employee, CEO, student, pupil. I wonder where the term missionary would sit alongside those other identifications. Are we an employee first and an a missionary second? Are we a student first and a missionary second? And I want to just, just stir this up a bit because I believe our primary title is first missionary. Whatever your job, whatever your background, whatever your role, whatever your other titles are, missionary, if you're praying, God, I want your will and I want your purpose to be done in my life, God's saying, okay, you're a missionary. That's it. And the Holy Spirit is inviting us to make it his main, um, our main title. He's inviting us to cross cultures, to cross rooms, to cross dinner tables, to cross roads, to reveal the power of the cross. And I want to ask you, because we see all those stats and we celebrate and wow, what a historic day this is. But I want to invite you to not watch it like as if all that's happening by some football players on the pitch and we're in the stands observing and cheering every now and again. I want to invite us all to step out of the stands onto the pitch. And be part of it. Be part of history. Be part of taking this amazing good news of the gospel. Say, oh, well, you know, I, I tried it once and I was, they didn't speak to me again. Or I asked someone once if they joined me at Alpha and they said no. And so I haven't asked them again. 
well, maybe they think that you're not that convinced about it if you've only asked them once. Maybe they think, oh, well, it's just like I offered them a sweet and they said, no, no problem. Maybe they don't get the conviction of how amazing this message is. And you and I were missionaries. Will you be part of the most exciting gospel time in the history of the world? In closing, Revelation 7 says this. We read it earlier. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude. Who's in that? Before we look at the contents of some from every nation, every tribe, let's think about some of you who've got family, who currently are not in that great multitude. Maybe you've stopped praying about them, stopped believing that you can see them come to faith in Jesus. Maybe the enemy has convinced you they're not really that interested. It's time to be a missionary church and cross the room, cross the cultures. It's time to step out of our comfort zones and it's time to take the good news of the gospel. A great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes, peoples, and languages. Standing before the throne of grace. Ben, could you join me? The throne of grace. Jesus, born of a Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, conceived by the Holy Spirit, did all sorts of incredible miracles and brought hope to some of the most hopeless cases, some of the most marginalized and rejected, some of the biggest failures. Jesus brought life and joy into their lives. And then he gave his life on a cross, died, was buried in a tomb, and then three days later, that tomb couldn't hold him. He rose triumphantly, triumphantly, why? Because he was saying, there is nothing that can stop me from bringing hope to every person in the world. And he revealed himself to hundreds of people during those days following his resurrection. And then he was ascended into heaven. He was taken up into heaven. Bible says he sits at the hand, right hand of God the Father now praying for you. And he gave the Holy Spirit to his people to be filled with courage. And can I be really clear with you today, church? The gospel is not an add-on to our lives. It's not an appendix. It's not a conservatory on the side of our homes. The gospel is demands my soul, my life, my all. Missionaries step from their comfort into the inconvenience and often the sacrifice, even at times of their own life, because the gospel demanded everything. And I'm not asking, are you religious? I'm not asking, do you enjoy coming to church? I'm not asking, is God good? 
I'm asking, have you given your life to Jesus? Does he have your everything? Because there's no cause on this earth that is worth giving everything to other than Jesus. The Bible says, if we will give him our life, he will give us his life. Let's pray together. Jesus, there is no one in this room or watching online that's too far from your hope. And I thank you that the gospel is good news to every heart. And I pray that however the enemy has sought the blind eyes and keep us in a place of containment to the truth, in the name of Jesus, I pray the Holy Spirit will illuminate and open eyes now. And I pray, God, there will be an understanding of our need of you. So church, there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. Will you be among that great multitude in heaven, gathered, not because of your background, not because of your religiosity, but gathered around the throne of grace? If you would like to give your life to Jesus right now, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray these words in your heart after me, and God will hear them. And they go like this, Jesus... I thank you that you love me. I'm sorry I've messed up. I've left you out of my life. I've done things my own way. I know I've been stubborn. Sorry, God. But I thank you that the gospel is good news, even for me. Please forgive me of all the mess of my life. And I want to give my life to you. All of my days. Fill me with your spirit. My life is now yours. In Jesus' name. Just while everybody remains praying with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today and you're in the room, would you let me know that you pray that by lifting your hand? When I've seen it, I'll ask you to put it down again. And I'll include you in a prayer. I won't point you out or embarrass you. If you're online, there's some online pastors you can identify yourself to. Thank you. Thank you, madam. Is there anyone else here this morning? Come on, why would you put off to another day what can transform your life today? Why would you wait any longer for this new life? Deal with your pride. Allow the Lord's love come and soften your heart. Why hold back any longer? Just one final time. Anyone else? Receive Jesus your Lord and Savior. Thank you, madam. Thank you. It's the back there. Thank you. Jesus, I thank you for these precious people. You love immeasurably. And I pray now that they will know just like an embrace of the Spirit transferring the love of God to them. And showing them that they're no longer the same. The old has gone and the new has come. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give a round of applause to them. Welcome to all those who pray that prayer.
praise God. Just before the band lead us in one final song, before we go into our bring and share buffet together, can I invite you to stand? If you're desirous to take on the title of a missionary, would you lift your hands? Fill us, Holy Spirit. We need your courage. We can't do this without you. We don't have the capabilities or the confidence or the words. Fill us with your spirit. And Father, I just pray over these precious men and women, young people, students, boys and girls, I pray that you will fill them with your spirit, that this week will be a week that takes every opportunity to cross boundaries, to cross rooms, to cross dinner tables, and to be sharers of your good news. In Jesus' name we pray.